What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain joe rogan and i met almost 10 years ago Can you believe that? 10 years. And through that time, he's been one of the most influential people in my life. And I think a lot of you listening can say the same thing. He was one of the first people to show that you could be just a killer in the gym. Boxing, jujitsu, kickboxing, working out, kettlebells, whatever. But then also the yoga, but then also the psychedelics, but then also the meditation, then also exploring the mind. And it was a beautiful model for me to look up to as I was developing myself as a man and myself as a person who could contribute my message and sing my song to the world. We've done over 12 podcasts on the JRE. This is his second appearance here on the AMP podcast. And it is with the utmost honor and gratitude that I welcome you to this podcast with Joe Rogan. But first, before we get started, I want to talk to you guys about how this thing on it came about and how Joe and I became partners in this. Why did we do this? Why did we create on it? Well, we created on it because it was something that we were both passionate about. Both of us were always looking for that thing that could bring our own performance to the next level. Whatever that was, it didn't matter whether that was a supplement or whether that was a training technique or whether that was a book or whether that was any kind of mindset practice. We were always looking to push the edge to see if we could be a little bit better tomorrow than we are today. And what you'll hear on this podcast is how important it is to put yourself in those situations where you're trying your best, where you're finding your own struggle, and then using all of the tools and available resources you have to get better. I've never met anybody with a stronger, more relentless drive to improve than Joe Rogan. And that's something that I share myself. And that's what On It is really about. It's about providing all of the tools for that thing that we call total human optimization. Because it's not about just one thing. It's not just about the food you eat. It's not just about the supplements you take or what you do in the gym. It's about the whole picture. It's about your mindset. And that's what we're trying to do in creating On It. And that's what we have done. And so many of you that we get to see and get to meet have really enjoyed and embraced that and even strengthened this idea that started with Joe and I to create all the tools for human optimization. So please check it out. Check out the journey and check out the fruition of Joe and I's partnership in this company and all of the people, all the athletes, all the people who've worked for us, work with us, all of the people we've collaborated with to create this thing that now you get to see as onit.com. So please check it out. It's onit.com slash Aubrey. And that will point you to the best sale or the discount that we have available. But just check it out. 
Once again, that's onnit.com slash Aubrey. And without further ado, Joe Rogan and I. Joe. Oh, hello. What's up, brother? What's going on? What's going on, man? <laughs> Good to be here. Man, nine years ago, we started doing this. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous, right? How does time so happen so quickly? Yeah. And so much has happened. Yeah. Yeah, quite a bit. I mean, that's just the, the nature of things is learning, getting your ass kicked, learning more, changing a lot. You know, I mean, we we're both grown ass people nine years ago, but I know, but not as, as grown. <laughs> no, for sure not. <laughs> for sure not. Yeah. It's very strange. Time waits for no one. Yeah. And then, uh, and then seven years ago, we started this thing, this whole fucking on it. Yeah. And I think we were just like, kind of like, yeah, you want to do this? Like, we care about fucking people and making them a little better and we want to be better. And then this thing just grows. Yeah. It's very strange. It's yeah. very strange to watch it from afar too. Like while I'm not here, you mm -hmm. know, like, and then I see the videos of the place and, and walking around today. And now there's a whole separate martial arts place. And like, well, that's a badass martial arts gym right. in, in and of itself, you know? Like the whole ecosystem just starts adding on. And it's, yeah. it's like, there's almost like we played one note. Like it was like a, a one note in an orchestra. And like, that was like the tone. And the tone was, yeah, be a little bit better tomorrow. And then everything else just started adding instruments yeah. to that tone. And then we just kind of listen. And sometimes we fuck it up and try to get noisy and like it doesn't work out. But if we like keep listening to that tone, like, okay, let's just be cool and get better. Yeah. And then it just fucking, it grows. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been very strange, right? Mm -hmm. uh, no doubt. One of, the, one of the strangest things. And then you on your journey, I mean, you were podcasting for fun like it was me you it was me and you on a, on your couch in yeah. your house with red band yeah just kind of fucking hanging out just talking about random shit and then the podcast is the thing yeah yeah it seems like uh something happened somewhere along the line where you know there's like this exponential growth and it it happens and you don't realize it's happening you know when i realized it, ha it was happening it's about five years ago I was in Chicago and I was doing the Chicago theater and uh, I just go, how many of you guys listen to the podcast? And the whole place erupted and I went, Oh, <laughs> I was like, maybe I should pay attention to the numbers. Like how many people are listening to this thing? And that's when I, uh, there was like a real clear moment where it was 3,700 people in the crowd. When I said, how many of you listen to the podcast? The whole place went crazy. And I remember thinking, Whoa, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. And then, that was nothing compared to like the transition that happened somewhere around two years ago. Two years ago, it just seems to have just caught fire. Yeah. And now it's just, now it's taken over my life. Now I just show, show up and, and just, I feel like I'm an antenna. You know, I just show up and turn on and just like, oh, go ahead. And then it, it, it does the job. Like the podcast runs itself, really does feel like it. Like I'm just uh, the, the person who's been chosen by the podcast mm -hmm. to get it out there it's very weird and you almost have to keep that attitude right because if you tried to yeah. like intentionally steer it and guide yeah, it yeah, you'd yeah. probably just be getting in the fucking way of actually what wants to happen which is these authentic conversations with interesting people yeah that's half the problem is thinking about it yeah and and getting out of my own way yeah and and trying to get the most out of the guest trying to get the guest comfortable trying to sort of um you know clarify their their, their ideas or sort of package them for folks like me or you know it's it's a very very strange thing that i never anticipated doing and even while i'm doing it i'm, I'm you know it's just 
there's no other way to describe it. It's just fucking weird. Yep. And to be in the, I mean, I'm in that, in like a little microcosm, right? Because there's this little ecosystem here and a little podcast. And, you know, I go to particularly Erewhon. Erewhon is like my hot spot out in Venice, you know, where there'll be a couple of people, hey, man, nice podcast. But for you, it's like, it's now kind of everywhere. Yeah. There's so many people who've listened to it now that it's uh, it's gotten into some very strange territory where everywhere you go, people know who you are it's it's very you know people people kind of knew who i was from other stuff like they would go oh there's that guy but now they know you like they've listened to me talk for hundreds and hundreds of hours so it's um it's a very weird existence that i didn't plan on you know (laughs) (laughs) and then are there cha- are there challenges of kind of do you ever like look at it and get a little freaked out like yeah I look at the numbers yeah and be you like know, Whoa. it's like 190 million downloads a month yeah that's that number is crazy and that's pressure that would be pressure to engage your head because when the head gets overwhelmed and thinks like yeah. oh we're this is a lot we gotta we gotta like try and do something it's actually the opposite instinct for what you really need which is just getting out of the way and trusting yeah doing the same thing I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing, Lucky. So I just go, ooh, oh, ooh. And I just <laughs> go, all right, here we go. And we just do it again, you know. Um, but but I, it, part of me goes, okay, how much longer are you going to do this? Like, what are you going to do with this thing? Like, are you going to do this forever? Are you going to do this to your heart stops beating? Like, what is this? You know, and then people will grab you, literally grab me and go, don't stop doing the podcast. It's the only thing that keeps me together. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus, you need to find some other shit that keeps you together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if you take that pressure on, yeah, that yeah. that's that'll be too stressful. No, that's not happening. Like, I'll, I will yeah. I'll fucking abandon that thing in a heartbeat <laughs> and move to the mountains. <laughs> yeah, it's an in, it's an interesting thing. So, what is the what is like the you have to have some kind of like guidelines or ethos? And it, it seems like I've known you for, as I said, like almost a decade. It seems like you're just there showing up to have the conversation it's not an intention or but it's really just just trusting i guess yeah there's a lot of that just um just be authentic try to be yourself and you know be honestly interested in the guests luckily um i don't work for anyone so i don't have like a network that's telling me we'd like to get this guy on this month and that guy on that month there's no one doing that so everyone i get on it's like oh that guy seems interesting like you know, like Colin O'Brady walked across the uh, Antarctica with the uh, uh, fucking 375 pound sled behind him, dragging it. I'm like, yeah, get that guy in here. Mm-hmm. You know, like some some guy who wrote a book on climate change. Like, oh, get that guy in here. You know, some guy who's a you know a war reporter. You know, Ben Anderson who goes over to Iraq and Afghanistan and Bahrain. He's getting shot at and filming things and taking photographs. And he's a journalist. Like, yeah, I want to know here about what this guy's doing. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of shit. It's just people that I'm actually interested in talking to or comedians or guys like you or friends or, you know, it's, um, you know, there's never been a thing like this before. This is a, a, all uncharted territory in, in the world of media. I mean, that sounds like a grandiose thing to say, but it's actually accurate in the world, the, the, in the human world, there's never been a thing like a podcast before. I mean, there's been shows before that people have watched, but there's never been a show that's so readily available. It's has, dozens of platforms you can get it off a bunch of different podcast apps through rss feeds you can get it from stitcher you can get it off of itunes and google play you can get it off of youtube you can get it off of vimeo and like it's never been a thing like that that's free that you could just get 
anywhere and there's no big machine behind it yeah no filters just three people i have three people that work with me Mm -hmm. you know that's it the whole thing is three people and that's why i think it is so radically revolutionary is because it's so authentic like people when people say like i feel like i know you and they say that to anybody who's a podcast host who's doing a podcast like the podcast we do they do actually yeah because there's like you can't hide in when you're i mean i've done a thousand two hundred something podcasts plus fight companions all of them are more than two hours long i mean most of them at least you can't hide there's no hiding you know no hiding that's who you are and that's hiding is like one of the most fundamental traits of a human being is Mm -hmm. in some way projecting some avatar some way that they want to appear to others Mm -hmm. some way that they want to protect themselves by projecting something and like that that shit ultimately doesn't work yeah in this format yeah that's sort of like what like extreme fashion is all about right and like Mm -hmm. cultivating an image and hiring a publicist to curate articles and yeah um there's none of that in this world and i think that that is a that's a dying ember of a lost civilization that that the world we live in now there's um it's going to be within the next 50 years, total transparency with every single thing you do. You're gonna have to get used to the fact that there's no privacy. They have to do that with politics. Mm -hmm. Like soon enough, you're gonna have presidential candidates who come and and it's not gonna be like, you know, when Obama did that thing and it was like, here's a list of questions. You got seven Mm -hmm. dudes there making sure that it doesn't fucking stray from that. Like that's not gonna fly. Like people don't want that. People want just a fucking conversation. Hey, fucking Barack, how come you didn't legalize weed, man? Right. Exactly. Like and have them just answer yeah, that question. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're, you got bought and paid, son. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. There's um, there's a new world that we're experiencing, and it's really only twenty years old. I mean, that's the the real impact of the internet is twenty twenty five years, and during those twenty twenty five years, and really not until social media. I mean, there was the internet, which was great for people putting up things on websites and commerce and a lot of other various ways that people use the internet but nothing like what social media opened up what social media and youtube opened up is uh, individual content creators people who are just a regular guy like you or me who just say oh, i'll just fucking get a laptop with a webcam and start talking and you could do that and there's these guys like logan paul or you know there's a bunch of there's a kid who reviews toys and he makes 20 million dollars a year on youtube like what the fuck did you just say <laughs> kids reviewing toys man his parents are i mean he's like six or something and uh he makes 20 million dollars a year on youtube reviewing toys i mean that 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 job wasn't available before youtube i mean it's very very weird very weird and if that kid wasn't re- like that's the most authentic way probably to get that toy review get a yeah. fucking six-year-old who doesn't oh, yeah. have a script yeah. who's gonna play with it and figure out if the thing's dope or not dope yeah and i think that's what people are drawn to because we've been had so much projection projection from media that's has an incentive either through the advertising or through the money or through the pressure of the executives or through like all these fucking reality shows Mm -hmm. they're all scripted yeah they all have like story writers and all of this stuff and all of that's like kind of bursting because people realize like yeah we're addicted to the drama to a certain degree some people are and they just like seeing people in these heightened emotional states but it's not real no and they oftentimes will use 
a different answer for their question. Like they'll have answered something completely non-related and they'll take that answer and shove it into a different question to make the contestant look bad or make the, the person on the show look bad. They do whatever they want. They're just trying to manipulate things and create drama and you buy into this idea that's authentic but you kind of know it's not but you don't really know the extent that it's not authentic because they really are working without a script but that all of that stuff is horseshit and mm. that that reality is much more real than the stuff that we were used to before that like scripted things yeah like scripted tv shows like do you remember like they would have these shows like just these really dumb crime dramas or really dumb television shows where you know some guy was a fucking jet pilot or something like that yep. and there was people around them and everybody acted fake and weird those shows they can't exist in the world they're in insufferable the yeah. yeah and now that like netflix exists and there's no censorship and netflix is just wide open with nudity and swears and they can do whatever they want like those shows seem or hbo dumb. yeah or, yeah and so these things are falling apart with this new media and then you know for scripted shows that's like the, the benchmark now is television where the television used to be a place you would go if your career went away like if your movie career fell apart you would go on television but now television is superior it's like most movies they're kind of whack you know 90 minutes in you don't really know anybody that well and it's over and you have this big character arc and you know they're pretty good but is it as good as like watching ozark you know, is it as good mm -hmm. as watching Stranger Things? It's not. It's yeah. not. They're better. Yeah. It's just better to see everything take place over 10, 20, 30 episodes. And I think um, what we used to accept, like, if you try to watch late night television now uh, after podcasts, it seems so corny and so stupid. Hard. It's so yeah, dumb. Yeah, for sure. You know, they, you know that they're throwing these phony ass questions at these people. The people have been prepped. The, the the host probably doesn't give a shit about their new television show or their new album or whatever the fuck they're talking about. It's not like they he like reached out and go, this guy's really cool. I want to get him on. I love his music. We'll sit down and have an authentic conversation. No, it's it's weird. You know, it's a weird way of promoting things that was fine in the Jack Parr days or the Johnny Carson days because that's all they had. Yeah. But now it's not not fine anymore. You know, and as time moves on podcasts will see them archaic and limited in in the way that they expose people expose you to ideas once mind reading software gets <laughs> developed and you know we're all wearing chips you know like yeah. that bit that i'm doing about like having something in your body that in, you know instead of having a cell phone in your hand one day they're going to figure out a way to get it in your body it's going to happen. Yeah. And when that does happen, whether it's some sort of an implant or whatever it is, we're going to laugh at the days where people carried their phones around. It's a, I think it's a quote from Bertrand Russell, one of the philosophers mm. that said, if they developed that software that projected everybody's thoughts out there for everybody to see, everyone would be horrified for yeah. like three days and they wouldn't leave their house. Like, oh my God, <laughs> we're in a world of savages. Yeah. Like, don't go out. But then after a little while, everybody would get used to it because they'd realize, oh yeah, everybody wants to fuck and everybody yeah. has weird fucked up thoughts and a lot of people are sad and a lot of people are anxious and a lot of people are going through hard shit and yeah. stuff is not easy. And podcasts are at least the bridge where you or I can just talk about that mm -hmm. stuff. And some probably the best reactions we get is when we or a guest we have is just like exposing some of these things, mm -hmm. not just the glorious things, not just the heroic moments that we've had, but like 
yeah fuck you know i was depressed for this time or i was super anxious i got man i got so jealous i was like crawling around on the ground i was didn't know if i needed wanted to vomit or cry you know right, like, right, you right. tell that stuff mm-hmm. and people are like oh i felt that shit too yeah and then they feel not alone anymore mm-hmm. like oh i'm not alone yeah i think a lot of people have a problem with looking at people in media right whether it's um music videos or television or instagram instagram's particularly like it's a little tiny little window and people are using filters and they're they're manipulating the size of their waist and the size of their butt and you know and girls are putting these filters on that makes their skin looks like look like a animation yeah and they're doing this to try to make you think that they are this insanely unusual human being that is uh, so exceptional and so different than you living this perfect life my abs are always flexed <laughs> always everywhere i go look at that six pack motherfucker <laughs> i mean it's it's weird uh-huh. and that's um that's one of the more interesting windows into people and probably like the least accurate whereas podcasts are one of the most accurate windows into a person you know listening to people talk for hours and hours of time at a time with no script and no idea where the conversation is going to go you find out who people are but i really do think that what bertrand russell if that was him that came up with that that is going to happen it's going to happen in our lifetime and Mm -hmm. uh it's it's happening slowly but surely already it's just happening in some sort of very strange and complicated way where when it's a when it's upon us it'll be too late it'll be like too late you can't pull back and everybody's going to be already invested in whatever ecosystem you know is has been created by this technology and that you're gonna have to you're gonna have to expose yourself. People are gonna be able to watch people fuck and shit <laughs> and eat, and it's just it's going to be there's no privacy. Privacy, I think, in a hundred years would be a hilarious concept. I really do. Unless you're a fucking pioneer, right. unless you're uh, you know high mo cooth living in fucking <laughs> northern Alaska. Well, the thing is that ego ego knows itself by relative position. So mm-hmm. it, it likes to hide things and shade things, even like yeah. pretending that you don't fart, right? Like you want to be the one that doesn't like, I mean, guys usually don't have the problem with this, but some, not to be gender specific, but a lot of girls are like, no, I don't fart. You know, I won't do that around other people. Like you're pretending, you're denying some aspect of your humanity. Or just being polite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> girls are just more polite than us. That might be true. But- hiding certain elements of your humanity certain things to like so that you appear in a certain way is fucking exhausting and Mm -hmm. ultimately you're fishing with a lure that isn't your real self which isn't true and whatever you catch you know that you tricked the fish right you know what i mean you know like you tricked them yeah and so you're never going to feel fully satisfied unless you're actually fishing with your most radically authentic self like fucking here i am let me right. peel open more layers and more layers yeah and this is the thing fucking love me or not yeah whatever yeah. you know and then when someone loves you it'll be like great i wasn't fishing yeah i was like living yeah yeah um it's hard for people to be themselves they don't like themselves they don't like what they are and so they, they like to pretend that there's something more exceptional instead of working at it you know mm-hmm. but what people really seem to enjoy is people who don't do that People seem to really enjoy people who just work at being a better person and being better at life. They, and and not the more you concentrate on the image, the more people think it's gross. 
Yeah. Like the more you concentrate on what you're trying to project and how you would want people to view you or how you want people to talk about you, the more it seems disgusting. Like when a, an actor clearly has a publicist hiring a bunch of people to write fluff pieces about them and these pieces come out, like your little spidey sense goes off. You're like, this mm -hmm. ain't right. This is not accurate. This is not who he is. This is not who she is. This is a bullshit article. You know, this person's hiring people to write bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, ew. You know? <laughs> well, even running on it, right? We have access to a lot of the top athletes and a lot of interesting actors and celebrities and different people who aren't on podcasts and they don't do that. They have a craft. They're yeah. a hockey player. They're an MMA fighter. And unless they've really been through the podcast circuit, people don't trust their what they're saying they trust how they play right like oh i trust you that you can play basketball but if you're Shaq and you're telling me that you roll around in a kia like fuck off like, right, i don't right, trust you right. i don't think you've ever used icy hot i don't believe anything <laughs> that you're saying right now you know does he sell kias i think he did how for can one he possibly he's something. so big i don't know he's so big how and can he's he even like, get in one of those <laughs> i don't know he has cars where they remove the back seat so they put the seat like in this space where the back seat should be so that he could fit that would make sense that's how big he is yeah, yeah that would make sense like if he gets a you know i don't even know if he could fit in a ferrari like oh no no yeah. chance how could he yeah no chance yeah. Grand, grand prix F, f1 racing is not possible for Shaq. yeah so that's key is <laughs> but that's that and we've noticed that too like we'll have people who actually authentically or like, fuck, I love Onnit stuff. Like, I want to talk about it. I want to say something. And they'll say it to their fans, and their fans are like, yeah, whatever. I wonder how much they paid you, bro. Right. You know, it's yeah. like because they haven't developed that kind of trust mm -hmm. of being authentic. Because athletes in particular, you know, I was talking about this yesterday with Andrew. Like, athletes in particular, they're on a script. It's like, okay, yeah, worry about the next game, you know, one game at a time, you know, mm -hmm. just focus on this. They all say the same shit. They yeah. don't actually share their thing like, man i'm fucking really bummed out and actually before today's game like me and my girl were having problems and i just kept fucking thinking about that and i couldn't get out of my head mm. and so i blew it today you know like if athletes right. were like that people are like oh wow you're right. human but they don't you know they stick to a script and so their ability to actually influence change even though they're massively well known is super limited mm -hmm. because people only trust people that they recognize as like oh yeah that's that's like me did you ever see that thing they did on HBO where LeBron James was uh, talking to people about stuff and he was talking about like his real life competitiveness and how crazy he gets about about stuff? No, but I'd love to see. It's that. really interesting because he's he's very smart and very articulate and way and but also very honest and an insane winner. I mean, he's an insane winner. And all those insane winners, they have this, no, no, no. They have this thing like, I'm going to fucking win. They have this thing. And you see it come out of him when he's talking. You go like, oh, there it is. Of course mm -hmm. you have that. Right. Like every, Jordan has that. Everyone has that. They all have that. Every insane winner, Roy Jones Jr., they all have it. If you're, if you're an insane winner, you have that weird thing inside you where you just fucking hate to lose and you're insanely competitive. But it's rare that you hear them express that. Sometimes like after they retire, you hear people talk about what they were like when they were playing and you kind of get a sense of like Jordan in particular, what, what he was like. But to hear him describe it while he's in his prime, like right now, is really interesting. I think it would be really liberating. Yeah. It would, and I think that would actually help their performance ultimately. Like, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, it, there's not a lot of case studies of people who've done this because everybody's kind of followed the format. And I'm glad that LeBron did it and, yeah. he's still, and he's still playing. But 
the freedom of being able to just say who you are and like be loved for and like or loved or hate or whatever whatever happens but know that it's authentic like the freedom to do that has got to be something that will enhance all aspects of your life like yeah. make you happier at home make you perform better like i couldn't imagine being in a state where i had to I couldn't talk about the stuff that right. was actually going on. Like, and sometimes people get frustrated, especially, man, I've been in this fucking grueling, super challenging open relationship experiment with wit. And people are like, I don't want to hear about that anymore. I'm like, I know guys, I'm fucking sorry, but like, I'm really sad today. And I, and I don't know what you want me to talk about, mm. but I got to talk about this thing. Cause I learned a lot and this is what's going on. And this is what's happening. Like without that freedom, I don't even want to do anything. You, do you read comments? Is that where you're getting this stuff from? I don't want you to hear, to hear Yeah, this. sometimes I'll fucking yeah. check some of the comments. And, and a lot of times it's love and appreciation and, and stuff like that. But you can't really look at any, for me, I can't really measure the positive or the negative. Mm -hmm. You know, I just have to kind of say, all right, if this is true, and whatever, whatever I'm writing my newsletter, talking about a podcast, if it's true, like, I just got to say it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I feel like, I feel like shit. You know, like yeah. I feel like I'm not doing what I'm here to do, which is just say, like, look, this is the stuff. I'll tell you when I'm when things go dope, and I'll tell you when things are shitty and I fucked yeah. up. Mm. And and like that's that's what's freedom, ultimately. Right. You really like expressing all aspects of your personal life too. You seem to enjoy that. I yeah. Well, because if I keep it all right, so it's kind of like a process of alchemizing the the tough times. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm doing it and I'm only working on it and it's just for me, it's actually harder. Because then it's like, okay, I'm just working on this stuff, I'm doing this, and nobody's gonna benefit from it because I'm not gonna tell anybody. Then it, there's less motivation for me to like push through and have the courage to like go into the shadows, look at what's coming up and find the mental framework and the mindset to overcome it and to supersede it if i don't share it then it's actually harder for me so it's actually to my benefit to share it because some other people will benefit from it too and like that actually gives me the motivation to get through the other side because i'm mm. not i'm not like naturally i'm not the most like stable and steady dude you know i'm like i like i'm like up and down you know I'm, i think everybody is yeah yeah i don't I think, think anybody's stay i don't think life is i don't think we're programmed to be steady and stable because i don't think uh there's never a time in human history where life has been like super peaceful and easygoing. like you have these little kind of breaks where no one's coming over the hill with a sword and a fucking <laughs> gang of barbarians the orcs, the orcs yeah. are not breeding yeah, they're for not, a little while so you get a little break and, and that's part of what people appreciate about life is those breaks but you have to have the chaos too and i think it's kind of built into the system that there is always going to be this up and down and i think there's that's it's also built into the way you interface with life you know you're not you're not always going to feel great you're going to have weird days you know but those weird days where things are shitty one of the things it does is it really makes you appreciate the good days no and if, i think if every day is too good that's the problem with people that are on like certain medications that sort of make everything a seven or a six all day, every day, la, da, 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 da. It's just gray and pale and boring. Yeah. And there's no ups and no downs. There's no nothing. It's just flat. I'll and take that's, yeah, I'll take the life of the poet, the ones and the tens. Those yeah. screaming, blistering tens yeah. and those fucking heart wrenching ones. Like, yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. I'll sign up for that. What else are we gonna do? Try and just ride out the middle ground? Like that's just less interesting to me. There's a lot of lessons in those ones.
you know the biggest yeah. ones you come out of those like a different person like you you learn things like that's one of the things we always talk about with stand-up comedy like stand-up comedy if you talk to a comic who tells you they never bombed either they've been stealing jokes or they're a liar there's no way like if you're you're writing material and you're taking chances and you're performing a lot and doing a lot of weird bars and different shitty little clubs which is just one of the things you have to do you're gonna have days where you suck mm -hmm. but those days are so motivational like mm -hmm. they're some of the most important sets i used to hate when i have a bad set i still do but now i know the next one will be excellent because i'll be fucking so angry and motivated and pumped up yeah you know and and also aware that that can happen still you know you have to have like a choking fucking shitty bit that just blah, comes out of your mouth terrible and you're like oh and then it's back to the drawing board but that's where the growth comes every time i've gotten better at stand-up it's almost directly connected to bombing mm. yeah all the all of the lessons it doesn't matter what it is that that tragedy that curse that you think happened like we were just walking over here to the podcast i was talking about that car wreck that was just out of the blue my brain shut off in the middle of the day for no fucking reason and mm. i almost died because the guardrail came in and split my face like that seems like really bad luck but fuck i learned a lot from that you know like all right take away my ability to kiss taste food breathe through my nose and move around and then watch how much i'm gonna appreciate kissing tasting food breathing through my nose and fucking moving around after that yeah you know like that contrast was such a blessing if you choose it to be yeah you know otherwise you can just keep calling it a curse and say stuck in some you know three out of ten land and, and live there and justify your lack of responsibility whatever else that you need to do to stay at your three out of ten or just say all right cool this sucks but i'm gonna fucking learn and i'm gonna at least appreciate the shit out of the other things on the other side of this yeah yeah i think um I mean that's the bright side of tragedy. So when you come through it, you you really will have an appreciation for the moments without tragedy. You don't really feel it unless you you get less life burns you. You don't really feel it. Mm -hmm. We were in the green room yesterday, and you were talking about like the attitude towards chaos. Yeah, and I think I think we're all like addicted to the fallacy of control. Mm -hmm. Like we think we're like the master fucking composer, and we got the stick, and we got everybody playing the instruments right. And when something isn't right, we freak out. But we're never really actually in control. We're always in some modicum of chaos. We can control small things. We can control hopefully our mind and our reaction to things. But the world around us is chaos. And I think you're at one of the great examples of someone who can be in the fucking chaos of your thoughts of a psychedelic experience or something and have a fucking smile like embracing the chaos and i think that's a place we all need to get to a place where we can let go of control and embrace the fucking middle of the tornado where there's cars whirling around us and and shit's going crazy and still have that like okay chaos yeah like, we're good this is chaos there's no getting around <laughs> it might yeah. not be right now we're drinking coffee and talking on a podcast but <laughs> This is chaos. This whole thing is chaos. We're in chaos soup, and it's just flying around at all times, and you should be appreciative that all these gears are in motion. All these things are happening even while you're not watching. Mm -hmm. so people out there shooting guns and driving too fast, drinking and popping pills and fucking their neighbors, and it's going, it's going off right now somewhere. <laughs> right now. You know? yeah. And I think the people that are really worried about chaos, like 
you know, you, sh you should be worried about safety and the health of your loved ones and all that stuff. I get that. But too many people are trying to curate a life of, uh, of total passivity and calmness. And that, that shit's nonsense. You're going to yeah. die. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's fine to prepare. Yeah. Like Tim Kennedy's a good example of someone who's yeah. not stressed about chaos, you right. know, because he's super fucking prepared for yeah. chaos. And we're, he just had someone who tried to break into his house. Yeah. He was not stressed. I know. His house was ready. I couldn't believe he didn't kill the guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was ready. amazed. <laughs> yep. Did he let that guy go? He just let him go. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, gun was drawn. So gun was drawn and the guy, you know, he let the guy drive away in his car, took the license plate down, told his SWAT buddies that this wow. car, this is the license plate on there. So, wow. you know, he may have repercussions at some point, but ultimately like he was prepared for that to the point where it wasn't chaos. And I think that's why we like all these fucking action figures, you know? Like where the action, the guy's in the bar fight and he like knocks somebody out and he says that smart ass comment because right. he's that calm right. to say the smart ass <laughs> comment. Yeah. It's just that he wasn't phased by the chaos. Right. Because when I got in my fight, I, I got in a street fight, I finished the fight and I was like, like breathing heavy and then I started crying. Like I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't like a fucking action hero. Right. You know, like during the moment, yeah, I was throwing punches that I'd learned and I was like handling and I protect Caitlin, my fiance enough that we were okay, but I wasn't like handling it well. You know, it was, mm. it was, but if you train that, you can train yourself to be more prepared. Now, that's the only street fight I've gotten in. I don't need to probably practice that a whole bunch, but like you learn from that and you can adapt and it's okay to prepare, but to be stressed about chaos all the time, that's what we got to avoid. Mm. We got to know that, all right, do the preparations you want to be ready, but don't fucking allow it to collapse on you and put you in a perpetual state of anxiety. Like you're supposed to be able to control this shit. Yeah. You got to enjoy it. Sometimes it's fun when things go <laughs> off, you know? I mean, sometimes, like, uh, when I was in Vegas and Conor McGregor fought Khabib, and then afterwards there was a brawl. Yep. And the, the only thing I was worried about was, uh, well, I was worried that someone was going to do something really stupid and they were going to go to jail or they were going to get, like, some insane suspension and it could prevent them from fighting again. Yeah. But – other than that, I was like, I kind of like when things go south. Yeah. I kind of like when someone says, no, fuck you, and they jump out of the cage like Khabib did, like a, a flying double front kick <laughs> like a pro wrestler. You know? I mean, uh -huh. it's something something about that kind of shit. It's fun. When uh, when Whitney was, so the Badrahari Rico fight, did, mm. you, did you watch that fight? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Whitney was there ringside commentating for that, and all of the fucking Moroccans like rushed the stage and mm. it, or rushed the ring and it was fucking just total chaos in there so obviously i'm like jumping around like yeah. really excited about it but also like fuck whitney's there right you know but fortunately she has voltolini joe voltolini on one side and then alistair overeem on the other side so mm. she was probably going to be okay like yeah. surrounded by the right people but those moments are like inherently some of the most interesting fucking experiences where humans are back to their real animal state you know like all mm -hmm. the projections and stuff is gone and it's just like wow here are the monkeys yeah like back in the monkey state of things and those are like i think that's also why i like one of the reasons why sex is so interesting too because it's like that's that's the monkey shit that's some mm -hmm. like humans being fucking human you're fighting you're fucking yeah like that's real mm -hmm. that's typically gonna be some real shit yeah, and it's as raw as it gets. I mean, people are naked and you're <laughs> yeah. looking at each other's eyes like, yikes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's strange. Life is strange, man. Mm -hmm. 
what's still hard what's what are some of the challenges that you still face man like what are what are the the down times the hard times what are the what are the shadows that that fall across your they they're minimized by work you know the more effort that i put in in my life uh whether it's exercise or particularly like running and yoga and martial arts and and doing stand up and doing podcast the more i do those things the more because i'm creating my own struggle and i feel like there's a lot of benefit in creating your own struggle rather than like if you see a lot of people that run into like a lot of struggle with life just life in general in terms of like relationships and friendships and fallings out a lot of that seems to me that people need a certain amount of conflict and a certain amount of struggle and they create that struggle if they don't get it in some sort of a, a organic form you know mm-hmm. if you're if you're not at war with a neighboring tribe or you're not worried about predators you create this struggle with your girlfriend or with your buddies right. or you know with people at work your coworkers the more i create my own struggle the more i orchestrate it through training through through exercise and just rigorous physical struggle where you're knocking on the door of whether or not your body is going to make it through this the more you do that the more i feel like it minimizes those other struggles in life i like it that way better mm-hmm. i don't need any f- real horse shit in my life yeah. i like to make my own horse shit yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it seems That's like nice. um but it really does seem like doing that minimizes other things because like if you're running hills right if i'm running hills and doing these sprints four or five hundred yards up this hill it's so fucking hard to do that that's all i can think of and my body's heaving, my heart's pounding, and I'm just push, 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 push. And all I'm thinking about is my breath. Things get minimized. Everything else is sort of like become like that's a real struggle. Like that's a almost death. Like your heart is going 180 beats a minute. You're pouring sweat. That's that's like a design. I'm doing it on purpose. And I'm doing it to to squeeze out all the excess energy and angst that my body might be putting on that sort of confuses you about the real significance of interpersonal conflict and, and and relationship conflict and work conflict so much of it is like exaggerated by your own body's desire for for some sort of action something 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 going on so i've found that the more i do that myself the less i have that in my everyday life mm-hmm. and then also i have to do all the shit i'm supposed to do i have to do all the work including family stuff like i spend a lot of time with my family i orchestrate it i go to i go to the comedy store after the kids go to bed mm-hmm. i get up with them in the morning i help them get ready for school i either take them to school i go with them when my wife takes them to school i do podcasts during the day while they're at school and then afterwards i hang out with them and i see them i like i that's if i don't do that i feel like a shitty dad mm-hmm. Like I have to spend time with them. I, I like I don't even like going away on weekends, but I like the fact that I'll be home tomorrow. You know, I'll be home tomorrow. I take the first out flight always. You know, always and the dis- your discipline in doing that. I mean, it doesn't matter what. I mean, we've I, what alcohol were we drinking in Rio? Something terrible, <laughs> and it was light outside, and yeah. we were drinking it. And you were we're still on the fucking flight. Yeah, the early flight, like yep. getting home early. Like your discipline and commitment to that. Yeah, is fucking special and like it's every time 
like like not a lot of people can say that a lot of people would be like oh you know i had a big night saturday night i'm gonna fucking chill on sunday i'll see the kids later no no you just show up and you yeah do it. well that's my my commitment when especially when you're flying like i don't have to do anything it's just sit down yeah. i'm gonna sit down for four hours like it's not that big a deal just get up early and go do it yeah that's like also why i like to get really high on flights <laughs> the same reason it's because like i'm not doing anything mm-hmm. like i should i should check out the fucking dark corners of my brain <laughs> on these flights I, I like to pop a heavy edible before a flight and just sit there and like yikes because that's when you learn things you can't go anywhere you can't I mean, you could watch a movie on your laptop or you could distract yourself. Yeah, you can, or you can really think about shit. And sometimes that's some, some of my best writing I get done when I'm just barbecued on a plane, heading home from somewhere exhausted. Yeah. That is this, it is actually, it's a little bit different than the workout, but it's the same discipline of, okay, if you're going to float or if you're going to do yoga Mm -hmm. or if you're going to eat an edible and sit on the plane with your headphones on, like that's part of finding the struggle yourself that's going and being the hunter not the Mm -hmm. hunted yeah you're not going to get hunted by the shadows of your mind these thoughts that are coming up you're going to chase them down you're going to find them and shine the lights in the fucking dark murky corners and be like was i a cunt was i was i a fucking dick what what did i do what happened what am i feeling here what's going on like that's that attitude of going out there and seeking the challenge is probably the most important thing that we can do to prevent these things from happening to us. Yeah. You know, it's just like going out and being like, no, no, I'm the hunter. You know, I'm going to hunt this. I'm going to hunt the quiet parts and I'm going to hunt, you know, those parts where I want to quit. I'm going to try and find those areas where I want to give up. Yeah. And you can curate those thoughts and you can cultivate them. You could, you could, there's a thing that you can do where you can get used to action. Like, like Jocko Willink is a perfect example. You know, he has that thing on his, if you go to his Instagram page, almost every other photo is a watch. Mm. And it's a watch that says 4.30 in the morning because that's when he gets up and he works out and he earns the sunset. And he does that. He's so disciplined. And he's got this saying that's a great saying, discipline equals freedom. And it's true because he's able to force himself to do that every single time. There's no excuses there's no breaks there's no days off it doesn't happen so because of that you're like you're not scared you know that you can keep doing it you know that you can continue to perform there's a lot of people that are scared of their ability to do something that's difficult they're scared of whether or not they like you see someone who's doing something that's really tough to do and you go man i don't know if i could do that i don't know if i could force myself to to be disciplined i don't know if i could force myself to take that kind of action well if you do force yourself to take that kind of action you don't have that question anymore mm-hmm. that question i don't know if i can do it well you're doing it so you obviously can do it can you do it tomorrow we well, did it today why can't you do it tomorrow just do it just, i mean that nike slogan just do it it's one of the greatest the slogans of all time it's yeah. so true it's so good it's so much better than live your truth or any of these fucking stupid ones that you hear today that people yeah. keep spouting out left and right Get out there and go fucking do something. Just go, just go, and then in the middle of doing it, it'll become easy. Even if it's not even if it's not easy, even if it's hard, it's easier than not doing it and wishing that you had done it. Yeah, that's the worst. One of the things that I think is hard for people is if they let's say you do it once, right, and then you realize that you can do it and that you could have been doing it. Yeah, people will start judging themselves in the past for mm-hmm. not doing it because they've told themselves, I can't do that. I yep. can't lose weight. I can't, 
be cool. I can't do, I can't do these things and I'm broken in some way. And they have these stories about themselves, about how they can't. And then if they just do it mm-hmm. once, then they have to forgive themselves for not doing it before. And that's why I think being able to just say, oh, no, 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 it's cool. That was my past self. Yeah. This is myself now. Yeah. And I can do it now. And I can totally radically forgive myself for the past and just move forward from here because the past is fucking gone. Yeah. You know, it's over. It's yeah. a dead body. Like the living body starts now mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. That's like that video that we did a while back Be the Hero of Your Own Movie. You know, you are not your past. You're you. You're you right now. Like the past you did, you might have done some things you wish you hadn't done. Don't dwell on that. You Learn from it. That's fine. But don't dwell on it. Just keep moving. Keep moving. You know, use it. Use it as fuel. Say never again. You know, I, I get I get what I did wrong. But don't think that you're that person that made those mistakes. You're the person who's learned, you know. And th- to have that attitude is a, a really important thing. And to not say... Why am I doing this now? I could have been doing this my whole life. Well, you you weren't. So <laughs> the fuck is that going to help? Yeah. You know, you got to just got to not think like that. You just got to be happier doing it now. You know, Russell Peters uh, has gotten really heavily into jujitsu, and uh, he's been do- doing jujitsu now for a couple of years, like I think three years. He's got his blue belt, and we were training together the other day. It's like God, I wish I started when I was younger. I go, well, yeah, but you didn't. So shut the fuck up and let's <laughs> right, keep going. Right. Like, you can't, <laughs> that shit ain't going to help anything. You, you help. got a time machine, bitch. And by the way, if you did start when you were younger, who knows? Maybe you would have never done stand up or maybe you would have not gotten so into it. Maybe you would have been more into jujitsu. Maybe, you know, maybe, and maybe that's better. But whatever it is, it's not happening. Plus, though, like you said before, the rush of improvement and rapid improvement mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. It's awesome to suck at something. Like yes. it's really fun it because then the growth that you get, yeah. like for LeBron James to be a little bit better basketball player, it's a fucking lot of work yeah. and it's a little lift. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? But yep. if he's trying to play like badminton or something that he's never done before, right. like, or figure out some calligraphy or some yeah. shit, like he's going to grow and learn fast mm-hmm. and he'll have the rush of like, oh, wow, I'm getting this. I'm learning yeah. it. I'm finding a new skill. Oh, archery. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm getting better at this. So you, there's pleasure and benefit in all of these things. And so being okay with sucking and actually hunting the things that you suck at because you know it'll be fun to improve those, especially if you enjoy doing it, like fucking that's part of the good shit. So to yeah. wish that you were already good at it, you're just denying yourself the pleasure of the rapid growth that you get. Like that first time he gets like a fucking arm bar on somebody or like taps another blue belt. Like he wouldn't have had that feeling now. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's critical to, and I, I think for me personally, I don't know for everybody, but for me, I like to do a lot of different things, and I like to do things that I'm not very good at, and and doing things that I'm not very good at, I learn about learning, and I think learning about learning, like especially new things, it's so especially for someone who does something and has been doing the same thing for a long time, like I guess LeBron has been doing with basketball or. You know, a stand-up comedian like myself has been doing stand-up for 30 years. You do it for 30 years. I've been doing the same goddamn thing for a long time. What I find makes me better at stand-up is not just doing a lot of stand-up, but also doing a lot of other things, mm-hmm. and particularly doing things that I'm not good at. That And they don't, they don't like, archery never makes its way into my act. You know, like, uh, yoga doesn't make its way into my act. But doing those things that I suck at, it helps. Yeah, yeah. it all that's that old musashi quote yep. right you know like know the way specifically you know the way broadly know the way broadly you know the way specifically like yeah. the same things that you apply 
to the art of archery, the yeah. same things that you apply to the art of yoga, you apply to the art of comedy. In some way, it's not a direct correlation, but mm -hmm. you become the one who can overcome the thing. Yeah. And that's universal. If you're the one that can overcome the thing, that applies to mm -hmm. fucking whatever. Yeah, that's the reason why I got this tattoo. I mean, this tattoo is know the way broadly and you can see it in all things. That's mm -hmm. Musashi. Yeah. I mean, that that uh, that's true. I mean, knowing that you can achieve a, a certain level of excellence, whether it's at martial arts or at anything you're doing, if you, if you do know what that feeling is like when you've worked for years and years and years and you've achieved this certain level of excellence that's very unusual, you realize like, oh, that could be achieved in other venues. You just have to find the venue, apply the discipline. And that's where you're, you get so much more benefit out of a, 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 dis, a struggle that you choose to embark in versus a struggle that life throws upon you. And I think the more you choose to embark in these struggles, these especially physical and mental struggles, because I consider both martial arts, yoga, and actually even trail running, I, I consider the mental struggles as much as physical struggles. Mm -hmm. Like, because I could stop anytime I want. I, I'm halfway up the hill, I can go, mm -hmm. fuck this. Yep. fuck this i'm walking the rest of the way yeah call my dog over put him on the leash i'm like we're walking buddy yeah. <laughs> but or you could say no this is what i'm doing today i have a i have a very clear plan in front of me my, my plan is we're doing four miles today this is where we start this is where we end this is what we're doing and then doing it just do it and you can do that with a cold plunge too oh like yeah if you have a cold yep. plunge and you're going yep. in and it's like, you're the one who's controlling whether you're going to stay for the three minutes, if mm -hmm. that's your objective. Like yeah. every ounce of you is going to be screaming, yeah, that's enough, bro. You're yep. good. Yeah, yep. yeah, you got it. You know, those cold chalk proteins, I can feel them already. They're already brewing. <laughs> yep. We good. We good. Let's get out of here. But you look you know? at that clock and you're like, oh my God, there's eight minutes left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. And you fucking make it. You get not yeah. only the reward of the thing, you get mm -hmm. the reward of being the person yep. who did the thing. Yeah. That's why that hot yoga is so goddamn hard. Because first of all, it's 90 minutes. And doing anything physically difficult for 90 minutes, it's hard to exert yourself for 90 yep. minutes. Man, the last 20 minutes of hot yoga is one of the most difficult things I ever do in my life. Because I do when I do yoga, one of the things that I do is I do it 100%. I don't half-ass it. So when I'm trying these poses, I am fucking straining. Mm. I'm trying my best. And it is so hard that I've done a lot of yoga, but every time that class is about to start, I'm like, fuck, here we go. Cause I know we're going into 90 minutes of suck, you know, 90 minutes of 105 degrees suck. And, <laughs> yep. uh, you know, and then once you start sweating, your body heats up, you might as well be in a sauna. Um, they're doing a study at Harvard about um, what are the positive benefits of hot yoga. And they think that it mimics sauna but they don't know, so they have to do this long-term study with a bunch of different participants and measure cytokines and see whether or not it, it actually does mimic the heat shock protein benefits of uh, sauna. Because you know that study that they did? I think it was in Sweden or Norway or some shit, where they found a 40% decrease in um, all-cause mortality due to sauna. Four to five days of sauna, 20 minutes a day at 180 degrees. They found a 40% decrease in heart attack, cancer, stroke, everything across the board. Like your body wants to be tested. It wants and to. Always. And those that sauna sucks a fat dick too. The <laughs> last few minutes when you, you're looking at the clock uh -huh. and you know you have you know 
five more minutes in this fucking 190 degree box of cedar and and pain mm -hmm. like fuck but you get out of there and your body thanks you for it like you you, you don't get better at anything well i guess you do get better at anything lying in bed like you need that too the recovery really part too yeah, yeah really stress, do need to recover. stress and recover but that's yeah. on it that's an old tradition too that's the anipi the sweat lodge mm -hmm. that the native americans yep. have been doing the temascal mm -hmm. that the you know mesoamericans and south americans have been doing this is a mm -hmm. this is a practice and that's why that in and of itself is one of the most powerful medicines because those things they last sometimes a couple hours mm -hmm. and you're sweating in the darkness jet black singing prayers playing drums yeah and like those when you go in there it's rare that an individual at some point doesn't only have the physical sweat release but an emotional release because it feels like you're in pitch darkness you're not in control you know somebody else is leading you through this thing and you have to surrender yep you have to surrender to the moment of what is and with the surrender all of that tension everything that you've been holding it just kind of washes through you mm -hmm. and you come back like rebirth it's like rebirthing out of the womb when you crawl out on your hands and knees from this little teepee or this little hut you know and that's yeah. that these things that we can hunt that are available that sometimes have thousands of years of tradition behind them there's reasons why mm -hmm. there was thousands of years, yeah. whether it's plant medicine or whether it's tamaz call or whether it's sweat mm -hmm. or whether it's yoga. Like people don't just continue things for thousands right. of years because it's bullshit. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Those little skinny dudes in India were onto something. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> for sure. <laughs> and for apparently sure. they used to do it while smoking a lot of hash. Mm -hmm. like that's apparently a, a big part of the tradition of yoga. And if you don't understand that, get high and go to a yoga class and you go, oh, another okay, level. it's another level yeah it's another it's a totally different experience you get lost in in the, the the movements and i think that endurance enduring something and building up that ability to endure things that's also a very important mechanism that you could apply to everyday life like that the mechanism of understanding how to endure because a lot of people are just running from discomfort they're running from it they're just avoiding it so easy to and like if you get distracted for a second you're like mm, yeah mm, let me check my phone mm. you just start going through your phone and looking at bullshit and you're just distracting yourself from the tiniest frustration of boredom just the yeah. little we don't get bored anymore or if we get bored we get bored for these tiny amounts of time and then you get distracted so your distraction is eliminating your boredom but the problem with that is like there's certain thoughts that only come to you when you're thinking when you're you don't have any input coming in when we're constantly looking at our phones the only input you're getting is input from other people and sometimes that's good sometimes you get good stuff out of that but it's like a diet of only fruit you know like hey motherfucker yeah. you need some protein yeah <laughs> like this is you need to, you need to get some other things in your diet you know and um i think having discomfort in your diet like having it as a, a regular part of your life, it minimizes the amount of uh, other kinds of bullshit that you you create. Yeah, we're drowning in our own comfort and running so hard from those moments. And it's not only the distraction. Distraction is one way, but the seeking state change too. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm fucking, I'm guilty of this as well. Like, oh, I'm a little bit tired. I don't want to sit with my tiredness. Where's the fucking caffeine? Or where's the nicotine? Right. Or like, yep. oh, yeah, I got a little ache here. Like, oh, where's the kratom? Like, let me mm -hmm. fucking go to this thing. Let me go to this thing. Oh, I can't sleep. All right, well, let me go to this thing. And fundamentally, that's okay. Like, it's okay to use the tools and modulate yourself, but also know that 
at certain points you got to let all that shit down yep you got to put it all and go to nature and like that's i think something that we talked about yesterday like nature is one of those where it's just you and the earth and you let your phone and let all this stuff mm-hmm. go and like remodulate back to a different biorhythm yeah where you can actually sit with yourself and like sit through the boredom through the discomfort through the fatigue nap as much as you want and just be with yourself like that's probably some of the most important medicine like i've done all kinds of ayahuasca journeys and wachuma journeys and all of these plant medicines it's been incredible but when i was just in patagonia with no phone other than like this i had a phone that had five people's numbers in it and something i take pictures with but it had no access to social media and nothing else Mm. and so i was just there in nature and people spoke mostly spanish i'm in chile and i was just kind of cruising around in the wild like that was probably the hardest and most beneficial journey i've done even more so than the ayahuasca Mm. honestly because like the ayahuasca like i guess i have some practice in that and there's been challenging moments you have to confront your death you see challenging visions and there's demons or snakes or things and sometimes it's beautiful and the angels are talking to you whatever but i'm kind of used to that thing but the long protracted sitting with just myself Mm. and just myself and the sheep and the wild like that that is a really challenging and important medicine that i think all of us need to cultivate i think also stepping away from the hum of civilization is good too because whether we like it or not we're caught we're caught up in the hum of civilization in a in a way that it's almost uh impossible to measure it's happening to you if you're in traffic it's happening to you when you're around large groups of people there's a constant inundation of uh of input from other folks and when you're in the woods one of the first things that you realize especially when you sat you sit down and you look out over a, a large ridge and valleys you see the mountains behind it you realize this stuff doesn't give a fuck about me right it's been here long before me it'll be here long after i'm gone perspective yeah it, it it's the ultimate perspective enhancer and you know it's just you just look around you just see these things that are out here hustling just birds looking for shit to eat and animals looking to eat a bird and you know and then other birds flying around looking for animals that are you know eating yeah. on the ground it's crazy it's a, it's it's something that if you're if you're not accustomed to it it's not a normal experience for you uh, when you get out there and you you soak it all in and you you are in the forest and you are in nature it's very humbling very humbling just it just puts it in perspective like you're just a part of this insanely huge ecosystem mm-hmm. and these these cities and this hum this unnatural thing that we've created that we really haven't adjusted to yet it's not good to spend that much time in that cuz also you can get caught up in the way everybody else thinks and they're not always necessarily thinking in a way that's beneficial for you or for them they're, they're uh, usually trapped. not yeah usually, usually not we're all stuck in some yeah. ways right but we're you know most people are radically stuck you know mm-hmm. but nature's not stuck right you know it's like you almost have to deny your connection to all things in order to get yourself stuck yeah right like so our self-awareness is our greatest gift as humans this radical self-awareness the ability to think of ourselves and allow the ego to project itself as the center of the universe and wrap all thoughts around it it's a very powerful and potent skill that we have but it also removes us from the connection to feeling the unicity with all things Mm. which i think is universal with all plant and animal life like the connection to your environment yeah you know which is 
man, we miss it. And mm -hmm. until we get out there and find it, and it's actually one of the best things about hunting too. Like hunting, yes, there's the the connection with your skill and the animal and the meat that you're going to get and the the practice of it and the the moment where that comes and and putting all that to. But there's also hours and hours of just sitting mm -hmm. in nature, <laughs> forest bathing, if you want to use yeah. the, the term that's been in the clinical studies recently. But just being is that what there, they call it? Forest bathing. Forest bathing. Mm, yeah but like, like sunbathing. that <laughs> exactly right? yeah that shit is fucking important yeah brandon can you hand me that photo behind you there i took this photo in uh in patagonia which has got to be on your list did you take that with your phone i took this with my iphone did you go panorama with it panorama with it wow that's incredible i didn't know the iphone could do it that good yeah i mean that's so amazing. this this is where i spent like two weeks what a great photo right and that's, it was that's all from an iphone that is fucking crazy that should be a goddamn iphone ad <laughs> shit right? iphone holla at me like look at that look at that that's an incredible picture the fact that you can get a picture like that with something that's like a little wafer that sits yep. in your pocket and this was the first night that i got there and i was like holy shit wow and that started the unraveling of my own mind like mm. in this radically beautiful landscape with the lakes and the mountains and the glaciers and right. the earth in a place that i'd never seen before and being in a foreign state and i was the only person there alone everybody else was drinking heavily and like right. kind of cruising around on the tourist vibe but i'm just sitting there and sometimes just sitting at the table like processing stuff and like crying in my fucking alpaca loins you know like figuring shit out you know right. and it was that was I mean, I, I just can't more, you know, I've, I've talked on a lot of our shows about these different plant medicine journeys, but, but fuck, man, just spend some time in nature. Mm -hmm. Spend some time with yourself. Like, if I'm going to yeah. recommend anything that I know won't hurt you, and if, if it does, like, you probably really need to do it, you know, and, and pay some attention to that, like, just, just be with yourself. Mm -hmm. Find the stillness. You ever hurt your knee in nature? <laughs> yeah right yeah I've, I've been hurt like uh twisted my knee like going up a hill or something like that yeah. and then you realize like oh shit i'm vulnerable as fuck <laughs> like, yeah now i can't even walk good yeah i'm already slow i'm a uh -huh. person i'm already made out of fucking jelly right you're, you're already like super soft and vulnerable but now my knee is fucked <laughs> like jesus it just makes you realize i got uh i got it i got lost i was hiking in sedona and it was a hot day and i had one little bottle of water and I had like little fucking Tim Kennedy style ranger shorts on because I wanted to maximize the sun. And I had Vibrams on and I got lost hiking Bear Mountain. Mm. And then I started like getting in some gnarly terrain where I was like climbing and then I got fucking scratched like really bad in this thorn bush. And I'm like, that's an interesting experience too. Like mm. that's helpful to realize like, oh shit. You could die out here. I'm in fucking real nature here now. Hot as fuck in Arizona. Hot as fuck. I'm thirsty. Like, mm. I need to find my way home. I, yeah. gotta, I gotta figure this out. Yeah. You know, and like those those puzzles, like putting those puzzles, I get why people are addicted to the rock climbing because what an ultimate puzzle that is. Mm. Like little finger hold right. here, twist it, finger, you mm -hmm. know, hand in the crack and you're like solving problems. But you can do that on a hike. Yeah. You know, ideally you don't go like me, like an asshole with the wrong shoes and get fucking lost and mm -hmm. not have enough water. But still like that hike is like, it's good. Yeah. It's like problem solving in, in real life. And you, you dedicate your mind to that, especially when the stakes get a little high. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's the opposite of social media. Yeah, you know, like it's not what you want people to think. 
it's what it is you know the the opposite of what we were talking about earlier where people are trying to portray their lives this perfect thing and have the perfect photo with the perfect filter and flexing their abs and all this it's you know where people look at it. you want people to look at you and go, wow look at him he's amazing you know <laughs> yeah. but instead you know when you're out there in Sedona <laughs> or the, the mountains of Colorado or whatever and you're just out there, you're like there's no amazing motherfucker this shit's been there a thousand years <laughs> you're next to a 400 year old tree uh-huh. there's a mountain lion staring at you 400 <laughs> yards away you don't even know it <laughs> yeah. yeah like yeah it's um it's good to be humbled you know being humbled in any way shape or form. I think it's very good because I think the ego can absolutely run away with it. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that you and I have both learned from psychedelic experiences that you get humbled doing those. And I think yep. there's a lot of value in that, a lot of value in it. That's the, it's the most valuable part of it. It's yeah. like, because the ego wants to make itself a little God. Mm-hmm. It wants to say, oh, I am the little God. Yep. I am the most important one yep. and everybody else whether for whatever social positioning, whatever game it wants to play, whether it's strength or whether it's wisdom or whether it's fucking whatever privilege you don't have or whatever the fuck the ego wants to say to make yourself better and make yourself the center of attention, you do something that evaporates that Mm -hmm. and then you get actual perspective. Like it's actual, actual perspective. So you have a fixed point that you know is true. Like, oh, I am a part of all things. I have consciousness mm-hmm. that extends beyond my abs and my body and the way that my face looks and the, how many likes I get. I have consciousness that was unborn and undying. At least that's what it fucking feels yeah. like. And when you have that, you have a fixed point of reference. Mm-hmm. And you for, I'll forget it. I'll forget it all the fucking time. But then I'll get reminded of that fixed point of reference and I'll be able to fucking sort my way back. Yeah. What a dirty trick likes are, huh? Oh, man. What a dirty trick. Oh, man. Checking your likes. Check your likes. How many did you get? Mm-hmm. Ooh, you got a thousand. Ooh. Ooh. A thousand people like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not built for that shit. No. no we're not built for that terrible. shit. It's terrible. And to see it in real time, like going up or, you know, or mm-hmm. not, you know, not as bad too. The saddest things you go to someone's picture. I went to this, this dude I know. Uh, he's a, like a struggling actor. And uh, I went to his uh, his instagram page and he had just gotten back from an audition and uh he took a picture and said i don't think i got the part and he like a sad look in his face i looked down said six likes jesus (laughs) that was fucking depressing man (laughs) not only did you not got the part only six people gave a fuck and they probably didn't even like ah poor guy you know give him a little double tap yeah Yeah, it's weird, man. That's a weird way of quantifying whether or not people are paying attention to you, and to be in that constant state of always needing confirmation. And uh, you know, I mean, how many people they're, they're just all they're doing all day is posting pictures and checking their likes all day long, and then mm-hmm. trying to make it better and trying to. And they'll, you know, some people will say, "Well, hey, that's my job. I'm uh, this. I need my social media presence, you know, maximized." Sorta. Yeah, I get it. But it's also you're in a trap. You, a you're trap. in a web. You're dancing, but you're stuck to the spider's web, and that spider's coming towards you, bitch. Yeah. And here's the dance. <laughs> you better be well aware yeah. that it's a fucking trap. You yeah. know, you better know that you're you're dancing on. Yeah. Like it's a perfect analogy. Mm-hmm. You're putting your sticky monkey fingers on a giant <laughs> spider web yeah. and thinking that you're fucking Spider Man. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But you better check. You know. Yeah. That's what I, what I asked you you know whether you read the comments 
about you are. That's another trap is the mm -hmm. comments. I've uh, distanced myself from most things. I will still check to see, like I'll look at a photo like, wow, I got a lot of likes, but that's it. I don't read yeah. comments. I don't, I don't, I just try to post and keep moving. And the more I do that, I really should have like a timer. I give myself like five seconds. Like once it's posted, I look it up, you got five seconds. Okay, okay, put it down, get out of here. And, and the more you yeah. can do that, the better you are. And the more you stay, the more likely the spider's going to find you. That's you know? true. Because yeah. the more validation you'll get. Any yeah. source, you got to hunt all the ways that you validate yourself externally to make yourself love yourself internally. Mm -hmm. And if yeah. that's fucking Instagram or if that's the girls that you're having sex with mm -hmm. or if that's the money that you're making or the any whatever way that you're getting external validation for who you are that makes you worthy of love you better hunt that shit you mm -hmm. better look at it you better find it in the corners of your brain by eating an edible when you're flying or getting a float tank or do something yep. or be in nature long enough that you can unravel that because otherwise it's hunting you and you're not hunting it and it will fucking eat your face it will, it'll get you <laughs> it will get you and i think that's also why choosing to engage in your own struggles is so critical because mm -hmm. the more you do that the more those things have less pull that you 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 can minimize the amount of attractiveness that those things have that with it when you're faced with the the cold hard reality of physical struggle on a daily basis those other things they they're whatever their their dance is whatever their their siren song it doesn't sound as good and you true, lose man. a lot of it. That's true. Get out there and hustle, motherfuckers. Hustle, do it. Get just out there and it. hustle. It's important. It's important, it. not just for success. It's important for your head. It's important for your friendships. It's important for your life. Thank you for coming by and doing My this, pleasure, brother. brother. Thanks for taking Damn. us through an awesome workout. <laughs> Absolutely. That was great. Absolutely. And you know, it's like, I don't know. I think people probably know, but the amount of gratitude and the amount of love that I have for you, for what you've done for my life and what you've done for so many people's lives, like, it's it's unexpressible, man. Well, thank you. The feeling's it's mutual. It's unexpressible. Thank you. So, I appreciate you to I the end. I appreciate you too, brother. Yeah. Love you, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye. Peace. It's been one of my life's great honors to call Joe Rogan a friend and a brother. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And please... Check out this company that we've built together, onit.com slash Aubrey. Look around, see what the tools are that you might like that might improve your life. I really encourage you guys to take that opportunity to see how you can be a little bit better tomorrow than you are today. Because we all need purpose. We all need a meaning. We all need struggle. We all need things that we're working towards just to keep ourselves sane. Because in the absence of those challenges that we put in front of us, whether that's a challenge in the gym or a challenge at work or a challenge in your creative process and making the art that you want to create, in the absence of that, like Joe says, we'll just find little trivial things to make challenging. Why not tilt ourselves? Why not try to go out and conquer something on our own terms rather than letting the world dictate those things that we have to deal with? And that's what Onnit's about. It's about providing you the tools to help you along that path. So once again, please check out onnit.com slash Aubrey. Follow me on Instagram at Aubrey Marcus to check out all the rest of the content from Joe's amazing visit out here to Austin.